Hey, I'm Chico Brown, and you listen to Room 26 with Freddie. Hey guys, so welcome to Room 26 podcast with me, Freddie Nawaka. Just a, you know, casual, laid back, unadulterated conversation with friends, celebrity guests, and you, of course. Hold on. You are listening, right? All right, good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Room 26 podcast with Freddie Nowaka. Freddie, you there? Of course, my brother. I was sitting here waiting, got my cup of tea. I'm ready to go, my brother. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm slowly watching the, the lockdown restrictions get released, get lowered, get lessened. How are you feeling about it? Brother, I'm not getting caught out, you know, because they're talking about some second, third wave, innit? So I'm social distancing. I'm going to social distance for about another five years. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. that. But it is cool to be able to go back out and, you know, and start seeing people, man. So it's all good, man. It's good, good times. I hear that. I hear that. And meanwhile, we get to speak to people on the phone and that's the exciting thing. So who have you got on the phone today? Okay. So, you know, I do my thing, innit? Um, and I was like, let me bring someone, someone in again from overseas, innit? Um, so I thought, let me reach out to one of my brothers from overseas. Now, this guy, trust me, this guy here, when you talk about Compton and you talk about the whole um, drugs infiltration of South Central and Compton, this guy was a major um, character when it came to all that. But you know what? Let me not go to too deep now. Chico, Chico Brown, where you at, my brother? What's up, dog? Come on, brother. You know what? I was thinking about it just the other day. It's about 10 years, you know? No, longer than 10 years. It's been like 15 years. Oh, yeah, it's been a minute. We, yeah, we've been friends for a while now, man. For people listening and, and, and tuning in, I'm going to give you a brief insight to how I met Chico, man. It was mad. You know when they say when you put things into the universe, it can come true? I was in England. And I was like, I wanted to make a little documentary on gangs. Um, so I just said, you know what? I'm getting Compton. I never knew nobody over there. I never had no connections in LA or nothing apart from one girl called Anusha. Jumped to the plane, got to um, LA, and we was going through um, uh, internet to try and find out who could we, what youth club can we go to? And she was like, you can't just go to Compton. You can't just go to South Central and, and, and run up like that. Now me coming from Brixton and from the ends, I'm like, I don't care, man. I just go where I want, innit? Anyway, cut a long story short, we found a place called Home. Um, and I went down there to go and talk to some of the kids and some of the youth, youth workers there. And then Chico came. And little did I know, I was talking to the guy. I was talking to the man, Chico, bro. That was like a blessing in disguise. Do you know what I'm saying? I put it out there and you say, it's like you heard, you heard me. Real talk, man. That's, that's how it happened, too. You came to the place called home not knowing who you was talking to. And I remember you asked me a couple of questions. I said, "Man, I'm Chico." Like, it was, it was mad. You, bro, you, you gave me my, you gave me my ghetto pass, man. You gave me my ghetto pass into Compton and South Central. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that time too, because you know one of the little young homies got killed at 14 years old. You went to the funeral with me. Yeah, and then we went up to the. I was, I was just watching that earlier. We went to the funeral. He took me to Compton High as well. Remember, we went to Compton High School. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that was some serious times, man. So, you know what, for those people that, um, that don't know who you are, um, like you was connected to one of the biggest 
drug trafficking cases in the US, bro. Like, your thing is, is notorious, bro. Like, do you know what I'm saying? So, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. I got caught up with uh, me and Freeway Ricks, his co-defendant. So, I went to prison with him on that case. Um, you know, I direct link to the United States government, the CIA, all the way to the president. Um, you know, that's what we was doing back in the 80s. Then we got arrested in 93. Uh, for dealing, you know, cocaine, uh, drug trafficking, but not knowing that we was working for the United States government all this time. Wow. How long was you, you guys in prison for? I did 10. Rick ended up doing 16. You know, we won our appeal. Rick had first had a life sentence, and we, we ended up winning our appeal. So he'd been out, uh, I think Rick been out almost 10 years, too. I've been out 20 years, so Rick probably been out, yeah, almost 10 so that's crazy, man. That's crazy. So how, I mean, it sounds mad. Like sometimes you'd think to yourself, like, didn't you know? So how did the whole thing go down, man? If you, like, it's like you were working for them without knowing. So how did the whole thing go down then? We never knew that we were selling drugs for the government. You know, we were just doing like, you know, thought we was doing something, not knowing that we were supplied all this time by the United States government. You know, the whole show, uh, Snowfall and all that shit, that's about it, right? you know, directly to the United States government selling drugs and they was financing the war in Nicaragua. But, you know, all these years, we didn't know until we got arrested when we had investigated, wanted to find out why they set us up. <clears throat> but, you know, our time was over with. I mean, this is dealing with Oliver North. This is dealing with the biggest people in the United States. Like, it happened, you know. They admitted it happened, but we the only one went to prison for the shit. Wow, that coming that, that sounds like the like, like the wire or some TV show, man. It's crazy. And and so do you do you remember the moment you got caught and how it felt like, you know, like when when, when you actually got busted, how did that feel like? Yeah, I remember because you know, I'm actually doing some movie about to come out. I just finished writing the script, but yeah, we you know we um went to almost to Mexico. We was on the border of Mexico in like this place called Chula Vista. And you know, it was a whole setup. I coming, mean, I was going down there to buy 100 kilos of cocaine. Uh, um, but it was never going to happen because it was just, you know, the, the former setting me up. So me and Rick together, I gave him the money. As soon as I gave him the money, like helicopters and police cars, FBI, just, you know, swarmed on us. And I'm like, damn, it's a setup. You know, not knowing who was setting us up, but then the dude Blandon, you probably heard his name. He like, you know, worked for the government, CIA, and we just went down like that. You know, like one day you're on the street, the next day you looking at life. That's how I went. That's crazy, man. That's that's, that's bro. A life sentence, you know. But we won our appeals and shit. So the case was so big. Then, like, you know, come to find out, all this time any drug dealer was ever working, we was direct link to the government. Like some crazy shit, like shit you ain't never heard of. Like, what you mean? They supplied you with the drug, then they arrest you? Yeah, that's what happened. That's mad, man. And that's, so this is what, that's the 80s, right? Yeah, that was the 80s. We got, you know, we got arrested in 93. Wow. Yep. When you look at things now, like I was thinking about, see like Compton now. Do you feel like, you're from Compton, right? You from yeah, Compton or yeah. South? How do you feel? Think like Compton's changed like now to back then? Because obviously over here we all associate Compton, LA, with gangs and um, crips and bloods and all that kind of stuff. 
how do you think things have changed? Firstly, was you was you a crip or a blood, or was you just was you either or? A crip. Okay, so you was ripping the crips. Okay, so how's it changed, man? Do you think has it changed a lot? Is it still as crazy as it used to be, or has it got better? Or it got better because it's dudes like me. You know, I formed a program called Confident Power where I put the crips and pyros together, like you know, to really get these kids out of the streets. I even started a construction company. It's called um, X Contracted. That was my way of really giving back. And X Contracted, this is a TV show too that's coming out. Had a, um, X Contracted is, is a program about me putting Crips and Pyroos together, Crips and Bloods together, rebuilding the city. So first we started off with one house, then the whole concept of what if I rebuild the whole city of Compton, refurbish it, make it look nice. So my thing was like, all the dudes that was in prison, crip, you know, Crips, Pyroos, working together, one house, like, together. I'm talking about, go get this hammer. So I figured if we, I can work together with them, keep them out of trouble, give them a job, now they get to know each other. So I can break the whole cycle of us not knowing each other, and it's easy for us yeah, to kill Yeah, that's amazing, somebody. man. But yeah, I have to send you the trailer. You got to watch it, man. It's, I'll send it to, I think, I, did I send it to you? It's called Compton no. Network. It's called Rising. And we're gonna be going to a different city, man. Maybe I'll come to London, man. Listen, you, know, you need to come, come over here. Man. Yeah, we we got our hoods over here, man. I mean, there's nothing like what you got over there. But yeah, these guys over here, man, they still throw down and they still do what they're doing. There's a lot of um gang activity in the UK at the moment. And and I'm I, I, I go yeah, I go into prisons and then schools and try and do my bit to try and change their life, same way as you do over there. So I commend what you do, man. We have to kind of give back for the life that we lived. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I guess growing up in Compton and being around what you've been around, what's the worst thing you've seen? All my life, this has been part of my life. I got shot when I was 12. My best friend died in my arms when he was 15. He got shot in the head at school. I was at school. So, you know, I didn't been in drive-bys. I didn't been, you know, watch my friends die. It's like, I got pictures with me and my friends, like, I'm the only one still living. Like, you know, I'd have been a Paul band over 25 times to my partners, like that's from my neighborhood. So when you talk about gangs, you know, and I'm like second generation of Crip, like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm a, a real triple OG when it comes to the gang shit because born and raised in Compton all my life. And I saw, you know, I still fuck with the dudes who started the Crips and Pirates, you know, they all in my documentary too. But so we talking about, it's so rooted, like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people have died, thousands have died, but I actually, you know, seen a couple of bodies and died in my arms and shit. Even when I was at the age of 15, that was my first one. But still today, it's still, the shit's still going on. You know, so, it's not, like, you know, Los Angeles was averaging, like, one time, 2,000 murders a year. 2,000. Wow. So, so how do you feel, or should I say, how do you think you've managed, I mean, how have you survived, man? Like, literally, to tell this story, man, like, how do you, what do you think you've done different that's allowed you to still be here today talking to me? I mean, you know, I'm, I was blessed, man, because I didn't tell you, I think I shot, shot at, you know, the whole, I thought this shit was normal. I thought everybody got shot and shot at, like, in the <laughs> I should even love it, but yeah. I didn't know it was normal. I thought that's what happened. I really didn't realize that this don't happen all over the world. Like, I really thought, like, growing up in the hood, you get shot at, you get you shoot, and people, you know, the police put the guns to their head, they beat you up. I thought that was a part of life. 
I just really thought that every it happened to everybody. That's crazy. And you know what? I remember when I was out there with you on the way to that young kid's funeral, we must have passed about five or six other funerals on the way to the funeral. Yeah, that, you know, and that, and that kid, you know, at the youth once I started the youth center, I really was trying to get him to get in the car. Like, man, you don't need to be doing this. And like, he, he didn't, you know, he was just young. He was 14 years old, man. Wow. That was crazy. That was, that for me. You know who his uncle was, was Little Jerry, the Stones. And, you know, they're the one who got into it at the car wash with the with Baby Lane, with the Tupac oh. murder. Because that was his uncle's. They had just got killed right before I came home. They also live on my street. They, we, you know, we neighbors. And that's the crazy, and that's the crazy thing about Compton, man. I felt like for me, when I've been to New York and other areas, when you go to certain areas, it looks bad. Like the ghettos look bad. But when I was in Compton, I'm seeing palm trees. I'm seeing grass, grass and green and shit. It don't look bad, but you no. like, oh my god, this shit is crazy. I'm telling you, bro. I was. I remember one time I came out in a blue top, thinking. Um, if it was all right, because in England we wear what we like, and I remember, yeah. um, I think it was, I think when you were telling me about the colors and we was driving somewhere, and I think I was wearing the wrong color. I can't remember, man. But it was cr- just that experience alone. I was like, wow, this is mad. I, w- I went to Compton High, and I saw police cars in the school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, we got a police station inside the school. Yeah, you know, yeah police station. Police yeah, yeah. Inside the school. You get arrested inside the school. Like, you got to own police and shit. Like, so That's you, crazy. You know, if, you, if you grow up, you know you know, how, you know how the fence is. It's like barbed wire fence. You can't get, it's like a jail already. You saw it. The yeah. It's a jail. You already programmed to go to jail. Better detectives when you walk in and all that shit. Yeah, it's deep, man. It's for real deep, man. Like for us, obviously, so we get these films over here, Boys in the Hood, Menace to Society. How realistic do you think these films are to how it really is? Because we watch these films and we're like, okay, like characters like Old Dog in uh, Menace and do you know what I'm saying? Like how realistic do you think these films are to, to, to everyday Compton, South Central life? It's worse than the film because, you know, you can get checked any day about, you know, if, if you were a young dude, say, you know, you're a teenager, you just walking, you got the wrong color, somebody going to say something to you, where the hood you from? Like, it got bad over the years because of all the stuff he's trying to do to help teenagers understand, you know, we all been through this stuff, but each neighborhood you go through, every, you can drive all through Los Angeles. Every, every time you drive, you go to another neighborhood. So if you're not from here, you just driving, you fucked up. You don't know which way you're going. <laughs> You know, I tell people when they come out here, just stay on the freeway. <laughs> That's the safest place. Yeah, stay on the freeway because the whole gang shit is real. Like, you know, like, and you can be from anywhere. They're going to ask you, where you from? Where you from? You know, you got, it has gotten better, but, you you know, it's a lot of stuff to have out here. They don't dare to put that on the news, you know, because it's nuts. Before, before I even move off of this topic um, of gangs and stuff, one thing I do want to ask you is about Nipsey's murder, man. What do you, I mean, some people say it was gang-related. Some people say it was the police that did it. What do you think? Because when I've looked at, looked at Nipsey, I, listen, I was loving Nipsey's music, man. And when I've kind of like done a little bit of research into what's what, it's like some people say it was the police and some say he disrespected another gang member. What do you think? I mean, that's how it happened. He didn't disrespect him. It was, you know, his own homeboy killed him from his neighborhood. But, you know, and I'm real tight with Big U. That's my partner. We, we do a lot of work together, you know. And he's one of the people over there. And I just saw Nipsey. I just went to a studio. And I got a relationship with him. 
But it happened exactly how they say. Do you know? He called the dude to snitch. Dude came back. You know, that's a hard word to call somebody snitching. But the dude came back and, and did it. There were no police involved. This is fake street shit. Like you know, real talk. Gang, you this, know, hood, hood, hood on hood. And that's the thing, though. For me, I feel like coming from where I come from in the UK. Once you reach that level, like it's almost like Nipsey kind of. Felt like he was untouchable all of a sudden, man. Like, yes, you got the money. Like, he was just so embedded to the community, really trying to uplift the community, help. He, you know, he go to the cleaners, he go, he, everything he did was in his neighborhood, no matter how much money he had. That's like, that's like rare. You know, he did that, but he, you know, Nipsey really was was from the hood. He wasn't like one of the, you know, rappers talking about they from the hood, not really be from the neighborhood. They just sing about this shit, but he was actually a real gang member from the neighborhood. So, you know, it's a lot of dudes who fake it and say they from the neighborhood or they from Compton and then they get some cash, they never come back to Compton or they really never gangbang like that. And they say they do, so, you know, maybe it's self-records, I don't know. So, so tell me about what you're working on now, man, because I know since, I guess, coming out of prison and changing your life around and doing all the good things for me, when I met you, I met you at a place called home. Um, and that was an amazing, um, an amazing, I guess, facility for young pe- young kids, taking them through, I guess, almost enemy lines and all kinds of stuff. So tell me a bit, is, is, that, still, is that still there? Is it still there? It's still there. It's still, I still work with them. You know, I do some stuff with them. But, you know, I end up starting my own production company through Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall, you know, always wanted me to get into the film business. And I end up, you know, getting into it from people that she knew. So I opened up a my own, and then Mark Wahlberg can become my partner. So I ended up doing some films, and you know, I started liking it. So now I have a couple, you know, I got this movie on pre-production called Angola, it's a prison movie. You'll be great for that. It's a good, just a true story too. And I'm doing some work with uh, Jamie Foxx, this thing, I'm movie, it's a comedy. And I got a couple of, t- I got a TV show up there, Netflix, uh, stopped it because of the COVID stuff. Good TV, it's gonna be real good. And then now the project I'm working with with Mark Wahlberg is uh, another TV series. So it's like a docudrama I'm doing. So you're doing, you're doing some shit out there. Chico, don't forget me, you know, brother. Because I see you, you, all these Jamie Foxes and Mark Wahlbergs. I'm trying to be in some of your shit, you know. No, no, that's real shit, man. That, this prison one is going to be good. So I'll send you the script. It's called Angola 1, 2, 3. It's a true story about these three guys who went to prison in Louisiana for a crime they didn't commit. And they spent 49 years in the hole. Not in prison, but in the hole. Oh, shit. Because they said they killed a guard and that really never happened. So some real tight, good shit. It's like real good. No, listen, I'd, I'd, I'd love to be involved in that, man, 100%. I'll send it to you. I'll send you the script. No doubt. Have you, have you been over here before? Have you been in the UK before? No. No, uh, y'all don't want you, over there right are now. You, are you, are you allowed to come UK? <laughs> That's the question. When they let you out of the country? I think I can come now. It's been over 20-some years. So, you know, at first they didn't let me come. They wouldn't let me go to Canada and none of that shit. Because I tried to go to the film festival. They denied me. But, you know, all my stuff, since I've been, since I came home, all the work I've been doing. So, it would be hard to deny me now. No doubt, man. You know what I was thinking? Like, obviously, the drug game is a lot of money. So, how much, when you guys were doing what you was doing, right, and at the height of, I guess, I wouldn't say your careers, because it, well, it is a career, but not a career, but at the height of when you was doing what you was doing, how much money do you reckon you guys saw that passed through your hands? 
I don't know, we made a lot of money, man. Like he estimated it, you know, like 200 million a year or more. <laughs> 200 million a year? Yeah. You know, if you say a million dollars, two million dollars a day, you got a million dollars, two million, three million dollars a day. That is a lot of money. That's crazy. So if, if, if you could go back in time, right, to a young Chico, I'm talking about like when you were, even before you went to prison, 15 year old Chico, what would you tell yourself? For me, you know, like it, it's crazy because you know, you'd be from a neighborhood and you just sitting that shit just starting. So I ain't never joined the gang, the gang joined me. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I was in the neighborhood before the gang started. So, <laughs> so when it turned to being a crip, Everybody was the crib, you know. And I ain't have to get initiated because I was part of starting this shit. So for me, it was different. Like on one of my docs, I talk about that because I say, you know, I ain't never joined the gang. You joined, you know, we became this because we lived over here. If I lived on the other side of the street, I'd have been the blood. So I live on this side. I'm a crib. So some of the stuff I think, like at the beginning of it, you didn't know no better. But now at this age, for me and the kid who's, who who want to join the gang. That's like some of the stupidest shit ever in the history. Like you want to join something that's going to really, at the end of the day, you're going to die or you're going to prison. Like somebody told me that, I would have never, it would have never happened. But then it was something fun. It was, you know, it wasn't, we talk about the 70s, the 60s, like it wasn't like the shooting that started in the 80s. Like this was every day. Like I'm saying, I was getting, we get shot at every day. Some of us live, some of them die. We live for another day. That's crazy, man. You know, I, I've been at funerals, you know, some of the dudes you've seen at the funeral is no longer with us. Like, I'll be looking at them pictures, I, you, know, you know, they got killed. And you know what, I was going to say that. I watched back the video, I watched the video the other day, and I, was, I remember standing around the graveside when they was burying um, Quincy, and I was thinking to myself, I wonder how many of these people are still alive today? Man, you'd be either... either Either they're in prison or they got a life sentence. Or they're on drugs. Yeah. You walk through my neighborhood. You walk through the neighborhood that day. You know, we was over there in the church and everything, you know. From that, as man, as so many people have died since then. Crazy. And, and I guess it was mad because, do you know what, like, I think when we was out in Compton um, and I was with you, I felt safe. I ain't going to lie. You know what I mean? I, I, people ask me, Ralph, Freddie, what was it like over there in Compton? And how was it when you've when you been out there? And I mean, I've been back a few times since, but um, that time when I was with you, I ain't gonna lie, I felt safe. Cause it's like, you, everyone gave you the respect that you deserved. Do you know what I'm saying? So I was, all, I, was I felt like I was in good hands, man. So it was, like I said, I had my, I had my ghetto pass. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was good too. I'm like, I, you know, I watched the video a few times. When I saw the one you did in New York, I was just, you know, I was questioning some of their stuff because, you know, because they bloods and, you know, they originated from here. So, you know, every time somebody else from somewhere else, we look like you're not down on them, but like, man, stop it. You're doing too much. And that's what I was saying to them dudes, like, man, stop it, man. Stop it. You know, like all the rags and all this stuff. And and so it's a difference from us. Like, it ain't nothing to talk about because you already know. Mm, you don't no have doubt. to. No doubt, it, man. You already know. It ain't no set your, it's like you already know. How is it over there for you guys, man? Because over here, we be, we, listen, we've been getting hammered, man. With that. I feel last no, time I checked. It's terrible, yeah, man. It's terrible. Cause, you know, we, you really can't go outside without a mask on in California. Like, it's closed down. It's really, 
you know, a lot of people, it's, it's really hurting us too. And it's really hurting people in Compton, man. Like I really, it's like damn, there's soup lines around here, like in the city, like Compton and Watts, but we gotta, every weekend, I gotta get, make sure I can feed the people in the neighborhood, man. Cause nobody like, got a job. It, it's, it's bad, bro. Like, you know, we had to feed like 2,500, I'm talking about cars, not people. So I don't know how many people was in the cars. It's like groceries just helping them. Like, cause, cause it's bad, bro. I'm serious, man. It's like, I ain't never seen nothing like this and it's going to get worse because dudes that got no money, you know, they're going to start doing. Oh yeah, no doubt, man. So it's like, we spent all these years trying to fix things, man, for it to only go back the way that it was. So like people like you have been uniting the gangs, bringing the Crips, the Bloods and the Pyrenees and everyone together. Now it's all going to um, spiral out of control again, no? Because they shut, like, <clears throat> the city of Compton shut down Park and Rec. So I'm like, because they don't have no money. So it's like, what the hell am I going to do now? Where are these kids going to go? So I just got to figure this out. So I was just asking them, you know, I'm going to call the mayor and see how we can make something happen with this because it's going to be bad. Like it's summer coming, kids don't have no place to go. You think they ain't gonna get gang involved? In your life today, what's been your highest point and what's been your lowest point? When I came home from prison, I had to find my direction, what I was gonna do, you know, I got involved in kids' youth center. But one day, this happened to me. One day I'm speaking on behalf of Tookie, that's the founder of the Christmas, yeah. and I was trying to save his life. The next day I'm having dinner with Bill Gates. So that was like the the bottom of my life to the top, the richest man in the world. I got dinner. I'm having dinner with him. And the day before, I was trying to save Tookie life. And that's crazy, man. Tookie, Tookie should never have been executed, man, because even though he was instrumental in, in founding and the stuff with the Crips, man, he done a lot and saved a lot of people, man. This particular stuff, you know, he really didn't do. He didn't do some shit, but that particular stuff he didn't do. So, you know, if you're from the streets and you're from Compton, you know, you know. You know, the house that he stayed at in Compton is still there. Everything is still there, but it's a lot of history with him. But he could have been a positive role model in helping these kids, man. You know, you talk about the founder of the Crips. You going to execute him? It's, but that's the reason why, though. Do you know what I mean? That's the reason why. If you ask me, they executed him because he would have been instrumental in, in stopping this whole gang thing. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, he had wrote children books. He was trying to, you know, redeem himself. And at the end, it wasn't, it wasn't good enough. Like, oh no, you know, it was good enough, but you're exactly right. They, they don't want to stop this, man. You know, that's a business. Prison is a business. Of course, it is. Prison, police force. If there's no crime, there's no reason for police. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, all the stuff that's going on is racist stuff, man. It's all real. I, I'm just telling you, in Compton, we just thought that shit was legal for them to do that. We didn't know. I've been getting. Beat up by the police, taken from one crip neighborhood and dropped off in a blood neighborhood. They blew up my all kind of shit. Got some stories like, oh, you ain't supposed to do this. <laughs> like, I don't think it's natural. How can you grow up? Cameras in, shit, that, man. I'm talking about put the head to the gun and click it, you know, bug bullet in it. They did all that. How can, how can you grow up as a young black kid, right, thinking that? getting beat up and arrested by the police is normal. That, when you think about that for a second, right, and you think to yourself, this is normal behavior of the police. That's mad. Every day it happened. Not, not every day they came to our neighborhood, bunch of them, you know, because my neighborhood was like that, but you, you still, that wasn't supposed to happen. They, you know, they'll put you, like, you know, the car, I remember times like, 
put your hands on the car, and the car hood is so hot. Now, if you take your hands <laughs> off the car, you get hit in the head with the flashlight, or you, it's, it's something. You got to endure all of that while the car I'm talking about is so hot, and they know it's so hot, and like you know, and so they just put your hands. On, I mean, it, it was the, it was the worst, man. You know, like. I think about that shit now, like, damn, that wasn't normal, man. I, you know, as a kid growing up, you think it was okay. It's quick fire round. All right, so five questions. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Denzel Washington or Tom Cruise? Denzel. Phone calls or text messages? Phone calls, I'm old school. No doubt. Hot bath or hot shower? Or shower. Okay. Okay, here's one for you. Michael Jackson or Prince? Yeah, I, I, knew, I knew you'd have to think about that one for a minute because that one's like, mm, do you know what I mean? Mike, all right. Save money or spend money? I spend money. Bro, you, bro, you've been spending money all your life, man. So what, what, what? Long time. I've been spending money for a long time. I was shopping in Beverly Hills before I didn't even know what the fuck Beverly Hills was. <laughs> I was with Versace and Bijan before they even talked about Versace. I hear that. You know, horror, mo- horror movies or comedy movies? Comedy. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Cheek, that's it, man, for now, man. Like, brother, it's been a pleasure, man. And you know what? Like I, like I say, Room 26 podcast, I only invite people only that inspire me, man. And when I met you that day um, out in South Central, the work you was doing with the young kids the way that you took me under your wing and you took me out into Compton and you introduced me to some of those, the guys from the hood and you didn't even know me, bro. The love, that's, that's, why, that's why I say to a lot of people, like, not anyone can do that. Real recognized real, but not anyone can do that. And that day there, you did not know me, bro, but you took me in your car and we went into Compton. We went into South Central. We went to, do you know what I'm saying? So that means a lot to me, man. And that, that, everywhere, yeah, man. But for real, for you to come out there like that, man, you had a lot of... <laughs> Now the balls to do that, man. That was good. That was cool. So it was cool for me, you know. I, I knew that nobody was gonna do that to you because you was with me. So I, you know, I didn't feel no pressure there. I just wanted, you know, what you was trying to do with the film was good. I wanted people to know well, this would happen. And, I, and when I take you to the funeral, you know, you saw the mother crying. You saw, you know, that was hard. Like and that's my little homeboy. He just got blew up. He got shot nine times. And that's the thing which I, when I say, which is real. Can you imagine? I was in England and I said to myself, I'm going to go to Compton. I wasn't expecting to end up in a funeral of a gang member who got shot. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know what I was going to get, but that's why I say to people, your word is a powerful thing, you know, and be careful what you wish for. Because I wished to get a gang member on, on tape for my, for, for my DVD and look who I ended up with. Do you know what I'm saying? That's real, that's the real talk. Right, my brother. Mad love, man. Peace, peace. So, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Room 26. Please, please, please subscribe, rate, tell your friends, dogs, cats, budgies, share. I don't care. Just tell the whole wide world. And let's make Room 26 the most listened to UK podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Room 26 underscore podcast. That's at Room 26 underscore podcast. Thank you.